Good morning, and peace be with you. Well, it started out as a blustery day, and now it looks like the sun is uh, kind of peeking out. You were right, Steve. <laughs> um, so we have uh, announcements this morning that uh, are going to come from uh, Roger. I don't know if it's in the announcements, but I just want to double announce that um, out on the table in the narthex is there's two clipboards. And if you would like your birthday or anniversary recognized, um, then please put your name and your birth date. Don't have to put the year if you don't want to. Um, but we would like to do on a monthly kind of a basis, uh, recognize special days for special people and that. So those are out on the narthex. And Roger, I'll let you take it away. Then I'll forget that for sure. All right, please take out your bulletin. Okay, this month our uh, mission is for Lutheran Social Services, which is located in Fullerton. So if you'd please consider them. And uh, Tuesday at 10 o'clock, we have Sit and Be Fit. I understand that's a, a good class to attend for all of us. I should be attending, I'm sure. Uh, there's Bible study on Tuesday at noon. Pastor leads the Bible study. If you're not familiar with that, uh, please come and join that. I understand that also is a good uh, class to take. Okay, a prayer meeting. Join us Wednesday at 11 a.m. to pray for the church and each other. I'm not sure if I've missed that in the past or that's something new, but uh, think about that one. Men's Bible studies every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Usually we have donuts. We always have coffee and tea. Uh, men of the church, please consider coming. You don't have to read or do anything. You can just sit there and listen if you like. Participate at your own level. Um, homebound. Please consider the those that are homebound. Uh, give them a call. Write them a little note. I'm sure they would appreciate that. Let's see. Praise in your bulletin. You'll see, okay, a new place. Praise the Lord, our Lord and Savior. We encourage you to write your praises down. If you would like to, your praises pub can be published in the bulletin. A uh, big thank you to the worship assistants who faithfully serve each week. And as Pastor said earlier, don't forget to write down your important dates, your birthday or anniversary, whatever the case may be. Okay, now I talked to Pastor Ken yesterday and those that were at Bible study. The weekend of February the 12th, the Super Bowl weekend. So we were talking about doing a little Super Bowl party. Nothing really super big. Maybe some hot dogs, possibly some nachos, chili, 
uh, certainly a dessert or something. So if you'd like to help with that, please uh, see Debbie. And in closing, I guess, uh, this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Super Bowl weekends during fellowship. Hopefully it'll be outside where we have more room. Oh. We'll work that out. Thank you, Roger. And we are blessed again to have Diane with us this morning. So our opening hymn. Thank you, Diane. Our opening hymn is on page 518 in your hymnal.
please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you know that we live in the midst of so many dangers that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. Grant strength and protection to support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading today comes from the book of Micah. It's a contemporary of uh, Isaac and uh, comes from the sixth chapter, starting with verse 1 through 8. You can find that on page 1447 in the Pew Bible. Micah 6, 1 through 8. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up and plead my case before the mountains and let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, you mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Israel and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted, and what Balaam, son of Bor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what I... with. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil, olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what the Lord require of you, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. We'll read together Psalm 15 in the back of your bulletin. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? Whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor, and casts no slur on others? Who despises the vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord? Who keeps an oath even when it hurts, and does not change their mind? Who lends money to the poor without interest, 
who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. The second reading comes from the book, first book of the Corinthians, verses 18 through 31. And you can find this on the pew, in the Pew Bible on page 1772. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 31. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligence I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demanded signs and Greeks looked for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God's, God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Here ends the reading. This is the word of God. Gospel according to St. Matthew from the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning does indeed come from St. Matthew. Chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, and that can be found on page 1501 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, now when Jesus saw the crowd, he went up on a mountainside, and he sat down. And his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed 
are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will seek God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. You will agree that there are many biblical texts that we have heard so often that it is very tempting to sort of go through them on autopilot. Yeah, I know this one. And then just kind of go off somewhere in our minds. And if we were to make a list of those texts, the Beatitudes from today's gospel would most certainly be in the top ten. You know, the one that I just read, the the blessed are the meek, so they'll inherit the earth. We've heard this before. And there's a real nice pattern in the words, and it all sounds very noble. And the truth is, the question is, do we actually ever seriously think about what they mean? When we hear the sounds of those words, do we actually pay attention? And then, when we do stop to study the Beatitudes, it is often the pattern that we convert them into a list of things that we have to get right before God will bless us. Before God will love us, like us, look at us, be nice to us, all those things. It's a list of things to do. And it's possible that we could go on a quest to become poor in spirit, to a quest to become sorrowful or meek. To add to this, there's this kind of unfortunate linguistic twist here. When you hear the word beatitude, what is that? 
Beatitude. It sounds like two words. Be and attitude. And it's easy for us to start thinking that these attitudes are what that, the thing that I must be in order to get the blessings from God, in order to be in the club. And there are many publications out there, people selling books or, or any kind of article on uh, the internet. They've got titles like, Be Happy Attitudes. And that's unfortunate. It is our natural attitude as fallen human beings to find these kind of things attractive. Like what things? Well, we like it when someone says, you know, you can control your life if you follow these guidelines or these processes, these principles, these steps that you can achieve your goal. Seven steps to a better prayer life. You've heard of that? And it is this kind of thinking, it's really attractive. It's really appealing to our old sinful nature. But it's a lie. And I'm going to show you. I've got to share with you that there are people that have come to me and to talk to me over the years, and they've said things because they heard this kind of false teaching from other churches all of their lives. And they don't understand why it hasn't worked. They may turn to me and say, hey, pastor, man, I I have really hungered and thirsted for righteousness, and I don't feel satisfied. They could say, hey, I, I have mourned, but I don't feel comforted. I've tried to be pure in heart, and I just can't get it right. What can I do? You know, someone somewhere has taken the marvelous gospel blessings of Jesus Christ and twisted them, twisted gospel into law. And the weight of that perverted law crushes people, and it, and it drives them into despair. It actually, it breaks my heart to see such despair because there is such great gospel in the Beatitudes. But when we twist it, people can become broken by it. Now, there are many ways to study the Beatitudes. One, a very good way is to begin with the bookends. So the first and the eighth Beatitude. First, we have, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And then we have, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom in heaven. And these beatitudes promise, they promise us the kingdom of heaven. And we heard about the kingdom of heaven last week. Do you remember? In the Greek language, a kingdom is not just a place, but it's the ruling activity of the king. And therefore, the kingdom of heaven is the ruling presence of God. Do you remember that? That the kingdom of heaven is the deeds of God performed in and through Jesus Christ, God's only son. The 
Kingdom of heaven includes everything that Jesus did and still does to bring us to life eternal with him. Basically this. The kingdom of heaven is Jesus Christ himself. The kingdom of heaven is in the word and the sacraments. Now the phrase poor in spirit simply describes the way we are. We have no spiritual resources. There is nothing that we can do to earn salvation for ourselves. We are born into the debt of sin, and we only go deeper into debt as long as we live. And all people are poor in spirit, everyone, everywhere. They can't help it. Now, the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It teaches us that the presence of God in human flesh in the person of Jesus is a blessing to all sinners. The people who heard Jesus teach this the first time, well, they didn't have the whole story. But we do. We know that Jesus is a blessing for all sinners. Why? Well, because he took the sin of debt of the world to the cross, and there he paid it all. We, who were deep in debt of sin, are now rich in Jesus Christ, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Our wealth in Christ was made sure when Jesus rose from the dead. The beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, means this, that sinners are blessed because Jesus has earned salvation for them. Now, the bookend of the eighth beatitude also describes the way we are. Jesus describes us as persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, the righteousness in this phrase is not our good deeds. Instead, it is the righteousness of Christ that he earned for us with his perfect life and his innocent suffering and death. Now, the world hates Jesus, and so it hates those who have his righteousness. And as a result, the world persecutes those who believe. And when this happens, when this happens, Jesus promises us his blessings. The one who reigns in heaven already belongs to believers in such difficult times. Now, the persecution of the church is part of the now, but the not yet of the Christian faith. The present reign of Christ in this world is a hidden reality. What does that mean? Well, it means he rules not from power, but from the apparent weakness of the cross. That he shows his true power only to those who believe in him. And it is only on the last day, on the last day, all people will see Jesus and know that he is both Lord and Christ. One day every knee shall bow and one day every tongue shall confess. That's coming, but not now. He still reigns. And until then, he will bless his church even as he suffers 
persecution as she suffers. The church suffers persecution for his name's sake. Now, the bookend Beatitudes, they teach us that the true blessings of these Beatitudes depend entirely on Jesus, that there is nothing that we can do to earn these, be- these blessings, for we are spiritually poor. As we remember the blessing that Jesus gives us in these bookends, we see that all the Beatitudes, every single one of them, depends on Jesus. Now those who have Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven, look out at the world around them. You look out at the world around you. I look out at the world around us. And as we look, we see many who reject the kingdom of heaven. We see the sin and the evil of the world, and it breaks our hearts. And we mourn over the sin that we see in ourselves. And we also mourn the sin that we see around us. Now Jesus tells us that these mourners, that's you, that's me, that these mourners are blessed because when the last day comes, that Jesus will comfort all their tears, all your tears, all of my tears, and he will take away all of our sorrows. And even as he lives with them now in a way that we cannot see, he lives with us now in a way we cannot see, here and now he is present, we will see him and we will live with him forever. Those who have Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven, look at themselves and see that they are meek. They are not meek because they seek meekness. They have not set out on a quest to become meek. They are meek because, as sinners, meek is all that they can be. That's all that you can be. It's all that I can be. Meek describes the helpless sinner, helpless on our own power. Now, even so, because of the work that Jesus has done for us on the cross, we will rule with Jesus on a new earth, the earth that replaces this sinful world on the last day. Now, those who have Christ, who is in the kingdom of heaven, know that Jesus Christ is their righteousness. They know that they are helpless and only the righteousness given to them by Jesus, only that righteousness saves them. And once they have tasted the righteousness of Christ, they want more. They want as much as they can get. They always hunger and thirst for more of the righteousness that is Jesus. Jesus says that these people are already blessed because on the last day he will satisfy their desire of righteousness and they will be filled. Those who have Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven, continuously receive Christ's mercy. No, not only does Christ's mercy work in them, but it is also working through them. Listen to this. This beatitude describes the church of Jesus Christ as a community of people who freely forgive those who sin against them. 
This beatitude parallels the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, where we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And this mercy is not something that we work in ourselves, but something that Christ works in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. Those who have Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven, have a pure heart. We receive the forgiveness of sins when the Holy Spirit works faith in us so that we believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And when the Holy Spirit does, when he does that, he performs a heart transplant. He removes our dead, unbelieving heart, and he creates a new heart in us. And when the Holy Spirit works that faith in us, he gives us a pure heart. And those who have such a pure heart will see God face to face, for the day will come when God will call us out of this valley of sorrow, and he will bring us to himself in heaven. And those who have Christ, who is the kingdom of heaven, are peacemakers. You are peacemakers. And even though they are spiritually impoverished, God has generously made peace with them through his Son, Jesus Christ. By virtue of our Savior's holy, precious, and precious blood and innocent suffering and death. And through that we have peace with God. Now those who have that peace readily share it with others. And they proclaim the message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now the summary blessing doesn't really seem like much of a blessing at first glance. That's the one where it says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. And it says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, and so, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, no one, no one enjoys being an outcast. But how else can we expect a sinful world to treat those whose sins have been forgiven? When people in this world make us miserable because we trust in Christ, well, we have the promise of blessing from Christ himself. Now, it's not our job. It's not our job to earn the blessings of the Beatitudes. Instead, Jesus has taken it on himself to give us these blessings in his love. And in order to give us his gifts, he endured our punishment, and he carried our shame. And these blessings come to us by God's grace, and not anything, not one thing that we do in ourselves. Now the world, in 
its wisdom would look at these beatitudes and say, these are symptoms. They're the symptoms of those who have that disease known as Christianity. And those who know, all of you, those who know that they are poor in spirit, look at these beatitudes and see the signs of Jesus Christ and his church. And they see the gifts God has already given us. And they rejoice and are glad, for their reward is great in heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen.
please stand if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God and for all people according to their needs. Dear Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you to praise you and thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercy and the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for the promise of salvation and the assurance of an inheritance with you in heaven. Thank you for your comfort. You're the one who holds us together. You walk with us and you never leave us and you'll never forsake us. And we praise you and thank you. Heavenly Father, we surrender our lives and our weaknesses to you and ask that you would bless us and strengthen us to do all that you have called us to do. Help us to be a light in this dark world Father, we lift up those who are sick, those who are in pain, and ask for your healing touch to touch their lives. Father, we lift up those who are homeless and cold and hungry and ask that you provide hope, shelter, and jobs to those who are lost and displaced. Father, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit power to all world leaders and reveal your word, truth, and will to them. Father, we pray that you would protect our food. Father, we pray that you would protect the sanctity of marriage the way that you created it to be. Father, we pray that you would protect the lives of babies in the womb and children who are being taught things contrary to your word and truth. Father, we pray that you would protect missionaries and those who are persecuted for their faith in you. Father, we pray that you would expose the lies of the enemy so that none of us would be deceived. We pray that you would cast out fear, anxiety, and anger and replace it with your peace that transcends all understanding. 
Father, we pray that you would be with those who mourn the loss of their loved ones and comfort them in their time of need. Father, we rejoice because of you, and we thank you and praise you for all that you've done for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. Sharing our life, he lived among us, and to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. Then he broke it, giving it to his disciples and saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let's now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is Christ, Jesus himself. The kingdom of heaven is in the word. It is in the sacrament of baptism and in the sacrament of the altar here. The kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus is here, near you right now. This is a means of grace. This is his body, his blood, broken, shed for you for the forgiveness of sin, rescuing you from sin, death, and the devil. If that's your confession, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward.
you park anywhere you want. This is the body of Christ given for you. Some of you know, but not all of you know, that when I take communion, that I get an opportunity to um, receive a blessing from you. Uh, after the same kind of blessing that I give, and uh, it just astounds me. Um, 25, 30 years ago, never did I even imagine, I didn't have children then, Tracy and I were newlyweds, that I would have a day where my... huh. 25 years ago we did, corrected again. 30 years ago we didn't. Um, um, but never did I believe or could even imagine that my wife and my son would be doing communion, holy communion with me, serving alongside me, 
and that I would receive a blessing from my son. And so I just am grateful for that. So thank you, my son. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you, a blessing from God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is Lift High the Cross. Thank you.